Thank you for tuning in to the podcast ministry of Broad Street United Methodist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. We offer our sermons here as a resource, a conversation starter, and a guide towards the life that Jesus calls us to. Join us weekly for a sermon from the clergy and visit us online at broadstreetumc.org for more information. Let's tune in to today's sermon. I invite all who are able to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word. I'm reading from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. A message from the Lord came to me, but the Lord said, Before I formed you in your mother's body, I chose you. Before you were born, I set you apart to serve me. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. You are my Lord and King, I said. I don't know how to speak, I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to. You must say everything I command you to say. Do not be afraid of the people I send you to. I am with you, I will save you, announces the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand. He touched my mouth and spoke to me. He said, I have put words in your mouth. Today I am appointing you to speak to nations and kingdoms. I give you authority to pull them up by the roots and tear them down. I give you authority to destroy them and crush them. I give you authority to build them up and plant them. The word of God for all the world. Well, for all of the students who are headed back to school uh, from kindergarten all the way up through college, a show of hands just so I can see where you are. All the students, all the students. There's some more students, there we go. All right. Well, Jeremiah has some words for you today from this passage. There are at least four things from, from just the little bit that Baker read that um, I think is going to be relevant to us. The first of the four is God has a purpose for us. Um, those of you who have been here before, you may have heard <laughs> that uh, when our little girls were first starting school, one was starting preschool, one was starting first grade, they started in Zimbabwe, in Africa. We had just arrived there uh, to begin our work as foreign missionaries. And schools were very different, as you might imagine, for the girls, but they were different from everything uh, pretty much that we had experienced here. There, schools um, were not free. And um, those of you who may have read uh, some Harry Potter um, novels or have seen some Harry Potter movies have have seen uh, this fantastical thing that it seems unimaginable that children go away to live in dormitories, even when they're tiny, 
to go to school. That's the way it is in, uh, in much of Africa and in Zimbabwe. And there, as you might imagine, to be able to send little ones of any age off to a place where they can be cared for, where they have a place to live in a dormitory, where they have food that's provided for them, it is very, very expensive. And so a typical family there that may have four, five, six, seven children, they could only afford to send one of their children to school. It would mean for all the other children in the family that they would never get a chance to go to school. Can you imagine how that would feel if you were the second born, or the third born, the fourth born, and you weren't able to go to school at any time in your life? Here, where we have a tax base that pays for our schools. Everybody gets to go to school. Everybody must go to school. But for there, and for much of the world, it is a luxury. It is very important for those who are able to go, and they understand it's very important. And if they don't do the work, then there's someone else ready to replace them. Can you imagine the privilege if you're the one in the family who gets to go to school? The responsibility you have to be able to learn everything you possibly can because you are going to be the one who's going to be responsible for providing for the family for the rest of your life using your learning. Now imagine this. Imagine in God's family, among all of God's children, there's just a couple that God calls on to do special things for God who get the opportunity to be trained, you can understand God would not have that. God has a special purpose for all of us. And so when you hear this message that comes to Jeremiah, that I've selected you, know that God has a special purpose for every single one of us. And over time, as we are faithful, we begin to hear the divine calling that God is calling us to. It's what we represent in our baptisms. You've seen when uh, folks coming through confirmation or little babies are baptized. It is a sign that all of God's children are of significance. All have a divine destiny. And so I want to try something. Those of you who are going back to school, I want to see if you can Repeat after me one of the points. If you would say, God has a purpose for me. Let's try it again. Got to get ready for school. God has a purpose for me. And it begins right now. You know, God seeks out any of his children at any age who is willing to listen. Jeremiah was willing to listen at a young age. And though he heard, Jeremiah got very anxious, very nervous about what it was that God was calling him to do. His response to this extra responsibility he was hearing from God was to say to God, I think you might have been mistaken. I think you might have been trying to call someone older. I'm not sure that I'm up to this big task that you've given to me. 
You know, there were a lot of people in the Bible who heard as Jeremiah heard. And they were much, much older than Jeremiah, but they reacted the same way that Jeremiah did. They objected. Jonah heard the call, and Jonah knew that he had the capability to do what God was calling him to do. But Jonah just said, you know what? I, I don't feel like it. Moses was called and, and Moses had the same response. I'm not sure that I'm the one, Lord. It may be someone else you need. I'm not very good at speaking. I'm not very eloquent. And God said, I will speak with you, for you. Provide the words for you to say. Isaiah, when Isaiah was called, said, I have just decided I'm, I'm not worthy enough. And God said, I'm calling you anyway. Ezekiel uh, had the same response that Jeremiah did when Ezekiel said, Lord, I don't, I don't know what to say. I won't know how to say it. And God's response was the same to him as it was to Jeremiah. And it is, I'm with you. I will tell you what to say. I just need you to not be afraid for you to know that I am with you. I need you to be you. I need you to know that I am with you. And because of God's grand and great presence with you, you and I, God says, we're a majority wherever you go, whatever it is that you're called to say and speak. Don't be afraid of making a mistake. Have faith. All right, now that you're warmed up, here we go. Point never, number two, repeat after me if you will. You're never too young to follow God. You're never too young to follow God. The third point that Jeremiah makes is one of awareness. God is calling on Jeremiah to pay attention, to really understand the opportunity that you have at this moment in your life. Jesus would later say it this way, those who have eyes, let them see. Those who have ears, let them hear. Jeremiah was understanding from God that God was saying, I need you to pay attention to those who are around you. There are those who are hurting, those who are getting hurt, who are not understanding what it is to have life and health and fullness. I need you to pay attention. Pay attention to what you're feeling inside. Pay attention to the pressures you're feeling from outside. And in the midst of that, I need you, young person, to speak with those around you and to remind them of my love for you and my love for you all. You know, Jeremiah was bullied. He was bullied mercilessly. There's chapter after chapter after chapter of him being bullied and mocked. And he would say again and again to God, this task that you've given me is getting me in response, this, this difficulty in interacting with other people. You know, people who are bullying 
it's often because they themselves have never really known love. All they've known is hurt. And so if they're receiving it, they believe they should give it out. And it's tough for them to be able to hear, to imagine that there's someone who may appreciate them, who may accept them, who may love them. And they may want to bully before they begin to take on that trust in you. You know, it is um, folks who are acting out. You might see them pushing and shoving others who uh, uh, it's easy to see what they are feeling. And God needs you to feel something on the inside just as much to be able to feel a, a nudge, a gentle poke, a little bit of a push from behind. You can do it to be able to go and to speak to those who maybe have been hurt, who you can see haven't been included, or to see those who are hurting others, to know from the pressures of the outside, to feel God's pressure from the inside, to gently push back and to guide others, to remind them of a better life, of a better way. If you think about it, what Jeremiah was being asked to do as a little teeny tiny tyke, God was asking him to be a disciple. I'm too young for that, Lord. <laughs> that's, a, that's a heavy responsibility. It, 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 it may feel like having a, a, a gigantic bag that's in your backpack. Um, you know, one way to think about the Bible, you can think of it as, as a library. And if you, if you turn to the, to the front, you can see all of the different books. There's 66 books that are listed here. And you know what the biggest book of all is? It's Jeremiah. Jeremiah chronicled all through his life a way in which, though it was hard, though it was difficult, though people were bullying him, he continued to chronicle the way in which God was with him throughout his life, all the challenges that were happening. For those of you who are a little older, you may feel what it's like to be under pressure for a long amount of time, wondering if you're going to get this subject that is difficult for you in school. It begins to make you tense up. For the little ones, you may hear and see your parents to say, uh, hear them say, I am, I'm, my back is just so tight. I just, I need a massage. I need someone to work it out. The challenges of the world are so great. In the 18th chapter of Jeremiah, God sends Jeremiah to go down and watch a potter to work. God says, there's something I, I want to speak to you about there. And Jeremiah watches the potter. He sees the pressure from the outside, like the outside world. And then he sees the pressure from the inside of the potter, like God pushing and equaling out the pressure as the potter makes something beautiful. A way in which God gets him to pay attention to all the things that are happening in the world as a lesson to keep going. Long into the book, in the 29th chapter of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is speaking to the 
children of the grandchildren of those who with him have gone through so many difficulties and challenges. And he hears the words from God that he shares to the children there. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper, not to harm you. And at the very end in chapter 31, he says to Jeremiah to pass along, I've loved you with an everlasting love across your life. And I've drawn you with loving kindness. So the third point, I know you're getting softer and softer, but if you would repeat, <laughs> the third point is, God needs me as God's helper. God needs me as God's helper to be aware and to care. The fourth point is one of memory. God needs to impress things on our memory that we cannot forget and need not forget. Things that uh, perhaps strangers say and do and perhaps things that uh, friends say that are the very voice of God. It was a long time ago, perhaps almost 40 years ago, we had uh, just joined a church um, east of Charlotte and uh, there was uh, this movement in, in Charlotte to try to call upon all the different churches of the area. There was this idea that there were people downtown who needed help. There were people who were unhoused. They had no place to live and there had been a ministry that had sprung up. It was really fantastic. It was uh, one of our churches downtown. And what they noticed is that there were people who were hungry. And so what they started doing is they started to make a, a meal in the fellowship hall. And every week uh, on the Sunday night, they would invite folks to come in and have a meal. And, and it occurred to them very quickly, those people were hungry every night. And then they started doing it every night. And then... Um, as, as they moved to every night, one of the ladies who had been in charge of helping to get it started, she invited her, one of her friends in to come and watch and to see the great things that they were doing to be a part of. It, it was a night in which uh, it was starting to snow. It was mixed with sleet. It was slush. There was a strong wind. And as the doors opened at six o'clock and, and people poured in to get something to eat and everyone was fed, uh, the one lady said to her friend who she had invited for her first time, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful that we can provide this gift? And then at 7.30, it was time to turn off the lights and, and to allow people to go back out. And her friend said to her, how can you do that? How can you send them right back out into the dark, damp, danger and she said I went home that night and I couldn't sleep and I couldn't get the words from my friend out of my out of my memory how can we send folks back out into the dark damp danger and so they called people from all over to come that night and to figure out how do we provide 
housing for people. It was just something that wasn't being done at that point uh, very much in the United States. And so we began to, to dream together. It's God's memory. The things that are significant to God that God imprints upon our on our mind and upon our lives to continue to be disciples helping one another. Jesus is one who, who reminded us that God is one who, who leaves the 99 who are safe and secure together and goes and looks for the one, the one that everyone else has forgotten about or just has never paid attention to before. Jeremiah was being reminded by God, I need you to take care of, to pay attention to every single person around you. And so little ones, as you're going to school, I need you to pay attention to every single person around you at school. I need you to be my helper. I need you to know that I've made you to be a part of God's grand purposes. As far as your own particular divine calling, it will unfold over time. But what God is calling you to now as you head back to school, in addition to the school work, is the caring work of God. Paying attention to all of your classmates, to all of the teachers, to all of everyone who is there. You know, it is Satan who will whisper to you. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You're too young. You're not smart enough. You're not capable enough. That is a lie. God says to you, I called you. I knew you before you were born. I've called you for this task and for this purpose to have that etched into your mind. So don't say I'm too young. Don't say I'm not ready. Don't say I can't do it. Point four is to remember God wants the best for all. Say with me, God wants the best for all. Do you know who you are, young people? You are God's child. You are God's beloved. You are God's disciples. You're God's students. You are chosen. Well, the little ones have come back just in time. I want to invite all of the young people, all of the students of any age, from preschool up through college, I'd like to invite the students to come down front so that we might be able to bless you and bless this heavy load that you're carrying in your backpacks. And I'd like to also invite any of the school teachers, school administrators, um, any support staff in schools to come down as well and to help with uh, clipping on these reminders onto our backpacks. All right. I want to invite you to uh, grab hold of somebody beside you. Take the hand or shoulder of someone near as, as we pray together.
Gracious God, we pray for blessings upon all of the students, all of the teachers, all of the administrative support staff. May this be a year that is filled with newness and growth and excitement. Lord, we pray that all would understand their calling to be your disciples, to be your helpers, to be examples for others, that all may move closer to you and know your love and your hope and your mercy, and to help others to be included in your grand family through their actions across the year, bit by bit, may love conquer hate, faith chase away fear, may hope grow for all they see. And for those who have no friend, may they find a new friend in them. May the parents of all of these students be secure that your hand is watching over them and with them, that you are protecting them and surrounding them in your loving presence. And just as they carry backpacks on their backs, <laughs> displaying surprising strength among these young people, remind them that it is your strength that carries them. It is your love that is at work in them it is your presence that sustains them as they embark on a new wonderful year. Lord, may it be of wonder of you, wonder that overflows beyond all of them wherever they go. Amen and amen. We are so grateful you took the time to listen to our podcast ministry, and we hope you found the sermon meaningful, inspiring, and thought-provoking. To explore our ministry offerings or to give to support this podcast ministry, please visit www.broadstreetumc.org to get plugged in. This podcast was produced by Rob Lee, a member of Broad Street United Methodist Church, and copyright all rights reserved. Peace be with you, and God bless.